Hi everybody, and welcome to the seventh episode of the Lowdown Society podcast. My name is Victor Broden, and I am your host. Today's guest is one of those guys who just feels like he has music flowing through him at all times, and whose joy for music and urge to play music is so apparent. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to master bass player Jackie Clark in Memphis, Tennessee for being so kind to hook me up with today's guest. Today's guest is Brandon Brown. Brandon's resume is long and impressive, starting back in his native Memphis, getting to jam with some of his legends and heroes, to all his great sideman work here in LA, and finally, his sort of crowning achievement, which is his own funk soul project, the BBC, the Brandon Brown Collective. We were just having way too much fun recording this episode, so we do break out into spontaneous jams here and there. But that's what it's for, to have fun. I hope you guys have fun listening to it as well. Without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Brandon Brown. We're here with Brandon Brown, (laughs) who had a birthday this week, and who played a late gig last night. He's still here in the... In musician time, this is pretty much morning. It's 4 p.m. We're in North Hollywood yeah. in Brandon's studio. What's the name of this place, anyway? Um, well, you can call it, well, there's a sign out there that says Hollywood Land. I want to do this while we're on the official record. So, this yeah. is the first time in the history of my podcast I'm doing it twice. So, Brandon was, oh, yeah. Brandon was kind right. enough a few months ago to have me over to do this and the files were on a cell phone that got dropped and 20 seconds later stolen. So it was the ultimate the dog ate my homework scenario. And everyone's like, man, you lost your phone, you lost all your credit cards. It was one of those wallet phones. And I'm like, you know what, you can fix all that. But I I had two guys on there that might not want to talk to me again. Oh no. You know what I'm saying? Not in this capacity. So, uh... I want to let everyone know that the kindness of the man taking time twice to, to get to hang out with y'all listening to this. So we appreciate it, man. Thank you. Oh, man. Thank you for coming back. Yeah, man. <laughs> we'll start with last night, I think. I was at a small Hollywood club watching what was billed as like a like an R&B funk jam session, which yeah. it was really like you guys, I was expecting like sort of the standard funk R&B covers, but you guys went... Yeah. You guys went top forty a lot, like top forty pop songs, yeah. and, and made them sound like a like an early eighties R and B vibe. Right. So it was like <laughs> a cover gig that was almost not a cover gig. You guys were really mm-hmm. doing a thing to all of them. Yeah, because um, he does sometimes he'll do original songs. Like with, last night we did a couple original songs. Uh, what was I about to say? Last night is fun. We like I said, it, Jason has been doing that gig for a long time. Eden was the original bass player. Eden Farmer. Yeah, and then over time, you know, people are on tour or whatever, different guys have come in, and uh, it was good to just be playing last night, especially with Stanley, because we hadn't played since um, our last BBC show, which was like about a month ago. So I was mm-hmm. just saying before I turned this recorder on that Stanley, you came up with him in Memphis, and yeah. to me, you know, living in Nashville for 18 years and coming to Memphis a lot and being friends with some of the dudes that you grew up with. Oh, man, yeah. uh, To me, that sound... I mean, you guys sound like yourself, but you guys also sound like Memphis. To yeah. me. <laughs> That's and, good. like, living in L.A. now for six months, going out last night and hearing that Memphis thing, 
That was like, it, it felt like home to me, man. I really, I really dug it, man. That means a lot. You've detailed this a few times, but coming okay. up in Memphis, you played for some of the legends there. You, you yeah. played for Isaac Hayes, right? <laughs> yeah, I did. I was his bass player when I was 19 years old. It was such a great experience. We had a chance to go to D.C., did some shows in Memphis, you know. That was just, and he, he taught us how to write something. The band that I was in at the time, it was Genesis. Uh, he taught us how to write songs, and I, I've never forgotten that. You know, he, he always would say, keep writing, never stop writing. That's what he would say all the time. So he was kind of like stops. doing the Rick Rubin thing where he would literally work with your band. Yeah, he, but he wasn't, it wasn't like a, like a everyday kind of thing. I, when I say he taught us how to write songs, he just gave us like this. Simple formula, yeah. You know, which is <clears throat> because we would be playing something, and he'll be like, "I don't know." It'll be like everybody's playing. He was like, "Everybody's playing the same thing, guys." Yeah, yeah. You gotta have. You gotta have a simple part. You gotta have a simple part. Yeah. He have a simple part. You put it all together. So it's all come back. <laughs> That's what he said. And I remember that. It's just that simple thing. It's just like, um, it's just a concept I, I took not only for music, but in life. Try to make it shit simple, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. So, with a cat like that, <clears throat> mm -hmm. being, for all intents and purposes, an old school cat. Yeah. Did he ever get on you guys, like, when you were... Because you're teenagers. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, obviously, you already have chops. Did he ask for more old school, or, or were you guys already kind of aware when you got into it? Yeah, you know what's funny? We already were, like, at that point, <clears throat> we knew we had to play the records. Like, well, how does the record go? You know, let's, yeah. let's play that. And we would maybe put our spin on it. The spin was that it was new fresh young guys playing that stuff and the energy we would play it with so and then we learned I guess uh, we would play it we would play stuff like kind of straight if anything he would he would he would encourage us if anything if we ever did somewhere I remember if I ever did a little a move or something he would like it you know he would like it he would always you know I think maybe once or twice if I did something that was wasn't and in the right vein then maybe he would say something but I don't know it was rare yeah it was very rare while being in, in the house band for him you got to play with your your biggest hero pretty much Stevie right oh yeah, yeah five yeah. songs or something like that yeah we did That we, it was so crazy he came we played to play at this thing called the Freedom Awards and it was a literal dream come true like Stevie showed up he had his keyboard there and the band was already set up and he just came up and started playing songs and knew every note of every song he did <coughs> and um, got a chance to talk to him afterwards which was, which was amazing he told me I sounded good and then Stanley that was the first that was all our first times playing with him but then Stanley and Kyle ended up being like in his band like permanently in his band when we moved to LA yeah <coughs> you know which was really which was really cool you know all this is funny thing about Stevie you know he, he he's blind right yeah. so he he doesn't. It would be great if he could, if you could see Stephen him recognize you, but like he recognized me my plan though, yeah. which I think is really really awesome. That's I think that's the coolest part about knowing him because I've had to play with him like plenty, plenty, plenty times. Yeah, and he'll. It's always 
like if I talk to him after, he was always like kind of remember. Yeah. Like I I like that. That means. Well, well, at nineteen, and you get you get basically the guy who who mastered the art form that you are in, telling you you sound good. Man. I mean, yeah. that'll that'll keep you through. Like if you do a few <laughs> bad gigs, you're on the road, your van right. breaks down, and you're like, oh, this business. But you can always go, well, Stevie told me I sound good. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. You could. Yeah, so, that's true. <laughs> speaking of you being 19, that's also when you got to do the hustle and flow thing. Oh right? man, you're doing your homework, man. What in the world? Yes, that's true. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm trying to not waste your time since <laughs> no. we're doing this for the second time. Yeah, that same year, I, I played on a song that won an Oscar. <coughs> so I got here for a pimp on the Hustle and Flow soundtrack, which was really cool. Um, actually, at this, at our, the, it's a guy, the guy who's responsible for me playing on that. His name is Genius Mike. I call him Genius Mike. Yeah. But he goes by Crazy Mike. <laughs> okay. Genius and crazy, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, there's like the same yeah. thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But he, he knew me and Stanley from middle school. And... Um, the day came up, he was like, man, I need bass, we need bass on this for, for, it was actually for a whole nother situation. And it was me and Kyle, the guitar player, I keep referencing Kyle. Kyle yeah. Bolden is is the guitar player in the BBC and also like uh, Stephen Wonder. We moved out here together. Yeah. And he plays with the Jacksons as well. So like, that's my guy. So like, that's the sound. Yeah. <clears throat> that's the sound of the BBC. It's me, Stanley, and Kyle. Yeah. And then McKenzie, uh, the lead singer of the band. There's a few different artists, and instead of just like naming them off like your resume, because mm-hmm. the other interviews are out there with you, are, yeah. are uh, shout out to Brother Elmo from Jam Cards. Oh, he yes. A, he, had nice sit, he had a nice sit down. That was a great you. interview. That was but, like my favorite one. <laughs> yeah. The Jackson's thing was pretty much like you getting to play with Stevie, right? Only yeah, same, you were yeah. there. Yeah, that was that was my gig, like four, four and a half years, four years. Yeah. I went to Jackson University. <laughs> That's yeah. what I say. And the first, the first <coughs> record you learned note for note was pretty much the Jackson. Oh yeah, record. was uh, the first one I learned was uh, the Destiny album. I learned that whole thing, <laughs> like every, every day. Like I would learn a new song. I would make my parents come to my room, or I would bring my amp in the living room. Yeah. And make everybody come in and watch me play or, along to the yeah, record. Yeah, play like a bass music. concert. Yeah, like seriously. <laughs> And they'd be like, wow, you know, um, that was, wow, that, that's crazy. And then just to be able to <clears throat> know those guys yeah. like that and work with them, and it's a big blessing, a dream come true for sure. Because when you get a hired gun, you p- mm-hmm. you pay for them, you mm-hmm. get professionalism and great playing and all that, yeah. but you can't really buy passion and history. No, money. you can't. And with, with you, they got like a fan. Yeah, they did, like you a know? real... So you, yeah. you walk in rehearsal and, and you're like, hey, what about this song y'all haven't played in the set forever? I'm a fan. I want yeah. I want to hear this one. And they're uh-huh. probably like, what? You know? Yeah, no, that's what, that actually happens so many times. Or or they'll be like, do you know this one? I bet you don't know this one. And I'll play it. Yeah. You know, that's really cool. We, we've had plenty of moments like that. Yeah. Plenty. And that's, that's like, I mean, come on. Like, that's just the Jacksons. The Jackson 5's like, are you serious? Yeah. You know, so it's really cool, like, just knowing that I, I'm connected to that in some way. That's really cool. <laughs> it's like a blessing. I wanted to mention that because it seems like that was sort of the gig that defined you a little bit in this town as far as right man for the right job and all that mm. stuff. Oh, yeah. The Barsh. 
Yes, Elder Barge, amazing. Working with L was was nice. He was, he was um, like he missed a couple of shows. He missed a show like because he just maybe had some issues getting there or, or whatever's going on. But that was that that was like uh, like he was maybe going through some tough times. But one thing that never lost was his voice. Yeah. His playing. He he was like it was like playing with Marvin Gaye. Yeah, I can see. I can it was like it was like that because he was his plan was so dope, and then his voice was so amazing in those songs. Yeah, he wanted you to play like if you know the stuff, man, just play it. He yeah. wants it. He wants it crisp and just just dope. You know, like how the record goes, just play it. Yeah. And if you got something to say, you know, make it right. You know, that that was that's L. Like it was amazing. Tyrese. You oh, played yeah. on the heels of his number one album, right? I did. I played. Uh, I, t- I did this, those tours. Like I did some shows with him at when he had his biggest hit, that song called "Shame." Yeah. That came out. Yeah. And uh, it was pretty cool. Like that was the last thing he's done actually too, uh, since that time because he got into. Oh, he, he's in this tiny movie throat. franchise. Yeah. That, I, that pays nothing. And he <laughs> and he got you know that's not. I don't think he's even with that anymore. Yeah. Like it's yeah. a thing. So. Cause he he got into some trouble. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> All right. TLC. Oh man, they were great. So that was part of a tour, this package tour where we did. Um, once again, I was filling in for Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, so that was TLC. New Kids on the Block, Block and Boys and Men. And I already played all the boys stuff, so I knew that. Yeah. They knew me, and then New Kids and. TLC, that was that was so cool to be playing with them. Um, so, TLC was great because we did their set wasn't that long, but still they had, they come they piled those hits into it mm-hmm. into their what they have forty minutes. Mm-hmm. So that was jammy. It was funky, super funky. You know, I loved it. Were you with New Kids on the same tour or same tour? Yeah, yeah I was playing with all three. Oh yeah, artists, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a lot. Yeah. yeah, but I loved it though. It was like, let's go, let's go, yeah. <laughs> let's play. Voice to Men, <clears throat> mm-hmm. yeah. Voice to Men was great. They um, <clears throat> that was actually my first gig out here. Like my first, no, Christine Michelle was my first one, but Voice to Men was my first like, I guess big gig, like yeah. iconic, yeah, artist gig, yeah. Besides, he's not take that, but first one in L.A. Yeah. Was boys and men. I saw them on the package tour in Nashville last year with with new kids. Oh, okay. Ethan was playing. Yeah. I mean, their set was high energy, man. Yeah, they, the whole time. They were selling it. Yeah. The whole time. Yeah, those guys are great. They're cool guys and great great singers, obviously, and great guys and great musicians too. Sean plays, and then uh, guitar, and then Nate is trying to play bass. He actually is playing bass. He's not I, trying. I think he played in on one song <coughs> yeah, the show yeah. I saw. Yeah, he plays. He's he's getting it together. American Idol, right? Yeah. You did that. American Idol tours. That was amazing. I did two years there, which I learned so much. So that was my... That's like the ultimate top 40 gig, right? Because you're yeah. going to play every genre. Every genre. So that was the coolest. That that was really cool for me to be able to... Uh, to be to be known for being able to play several genres. You know? Yeah. Cause, I like you know, it. You're, you're from Memphis, and everyone probably knows you can knock the crap out of an R&B gig. Like, a gig <laughs> like that. Yeah, you, know? you got you to be able to wear a lot of hats, which yeah. is great. That's like, You know what's funny about that? I was doing all that stuff on bass only. I wasn't really playing key bass like that. Yeah, I was, but that the music then, it really didn't require it. Yeah. But I had my pedals, though. Yeah. And so I was doing cool stuff with that. 
Um, and it was like a lot of country. Yeah. So I had experience with that because I did Jessica Simpson's country run. Yeah. When she did her country album, which was opening up for Rascal Flatts. Oh yeah, so you've been you've was, been in the world I come from, yeah. Yeah, I, I had I had I had some days in it. I, yeah, I've yeah, been yeah, in it. Yeah. I'm happy though that I went through a well, Nashville. Well, Flaps is like that's a well organized tour to be on. It's like you know. yeah, it was legit. It was yeah. so cool, and everybody was super professional and cool. It was it was just I guess in that time <laughs> during that time I was like the only black guy there. So that was oh that was the only thing that, that was ain't weird the case anymore. Man. About that, I know it's <laughs> not. I, I'm talking about in 2008. Oh yeah. 2009, yeah. whatever that was, yeah, it was like, it was I mean, it was interesting, but I liked it though. That, liked that's it. a real thing, and I mean to ju- jump off the topic of you and the topic of bass, mm. Myron Howell. Oh yeah. The, the Memphis drummer we were talking mm-hmm. about earlier. Uh, Shout out to Myron. Yeah. So <laughs> I was putting together a band in, in 2006 for uh, for a new act on RCA. Nashville to go out on the Chesney Stadium tour. Nah. And the first job before tour rehearsals was to shoot his music video. Mm-hmm. So it was late in the season. All the guys were already been taken, and I just uh, didn't like a whole lot of drummers in Nashville. Like yeah. there were, you know, the two or three guys I liked were taken. Yeah. So I'm like, the only guy I want to work with that I haven't worked with. It's a 340-pound <laughs> black man from yeah. Memphis. Yeah. Management looked at me like I was high. <laughs> I got, I made the call. Yeah. I got him in there. Other drummers started calling me. I mean, yeah. it, it wasn't like it was openly <laughs> racist, but it was such a departure for all these country yeah. folk. And yeah. now, every tour out of Nashville, mm. there's like everyone's got R&B drummers on the country gigs now. Yeah. You know, yeah. my good buddy Mike Hicks, who's a straight-up D'Angelo keyboard yeah. player, plays for Rascal Flatts. Oh, dope. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow. Yeah, dreads That's and cool. all, man, just bringing it. You oh, know? man. So it's like... That's awesome. I got to see those guys again. I haven't seen them in It's years. changed a lot, but you being on that tour in 08, like, I just yeah. want to tell that story, because, yeah. That's good. Well, I'm, that's good for those guys. I'm glad, I'm glad that uh, people are opening up to that. That's cool. <laughs> you know, you know it's, like, it's just yeah. Nashville's different now. I gotta give Nashville a little props. It's not the town I moved to. You know. Go. Obviously, a lot of variety, and now there is Black Eyed Peas and Fergie. Yeah, yeah, cool stuff. So, like, I'm doing more more stuff with uh, more with Fergie, but the only thing is now she's not. She has some stuff going on, but she has a TV show. Yeah, right. (laughs) Her wine, and then she has the TV show The Four, which is uh, 
which is a thing. Like, so she's doing that, and I'm glad she she is. Hopefully, that will lead to her doing some freaking shows or something, some yeah. more. But if not, it's all good. But but I've I've been with her, her since I left since I I stopped playing with the Jacksons to do this gig. Yeah, <clears throat> and um, and it's been great. That's been three years, and I've been able to do get so much done and get ideas done from that because it was such a it's such a great opportunity. Yeah. So it gave me the uh, wherewithal to do some things I've been wanting to do. Yeah, man. And so I'm I'm grateful for that. And then that's when I really started stepping up my key bass game, like on yeah. that. Because it's pop, like it's really pop. I don't really play bass too much on that kid. Yeah. But now it's so funny. But it's interesting that you mm-hmm. went that long in LA with yeah. that many like R and B acts before you really felt like you had to step up your key bass game. Well, I had already been playing key bass, but it's not in that way where it was pop. It was more like soulful, like mm-hmm. like real funky stuff. Mm-hmm. This is more like technical mm-hmm. EDM, like so I need to know about. Uh, frequencies and the different oscillators and everything I didn't know uh, um, before I started doing that so I'm grateful for that that's cool mm-hmm. yeah. some of these podcasts I go too deep into gear land and then I yeah. feel bad and then some of them I just don't talk about gear at all so. <laughs> yeah. but you said you were kind of covering your key bass with pedals which is how I did for yeah. many years but it, it's interesting because I feel like every player has their own kind of formula of two or three pedal <laughs> to kind of like what's your what was your secret sauce to like emulate a lot of that stuff before you actually played key bass on tour much you know I just love that freaking the the Aguilar uh, the Octaver whatever yeah. it's called like when it came out I was able to do some cool stuff with that also <coughs> the MXR that MXR bass Octaver it's my number one favorite pedal, like for octave stuff. The 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 boss one, the brown one, it's okay. You know, it's cool. It does have more of a synthy sound to it. Like you can really, you really think somebody's playing a synthesizer in there. But <coughs> the MXR is just so round down there, like in the bottom. Yeah. And it doesn't like. And it's got the two knobs. That both are assigned to the fake low frequency, the girth. Wow. Yeah, I, yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, <laughs> it's like my favorite thing. And well, um, what was a game changer for me on that pedal is the mid boost. Exactly. Because through the amp, it sounds better without mid boost. Mm-hmm. But then you get that traditional fat octave pedal sound. But for the front of house guy, it's really hard to work with. And that mid boost just like it's obnoxious coming out the amp. But it makes that pedal palatable, I think, for front of house in big. Oh, things. that's nice. You know, that's nice. Well, that's, that's why I'm glad that. That's why I'm glad that it's there. <laughs> yeah. So, in addition to the octave pedals for the synth bass sound, do you go into the envelope filter thing too? Yeah. You know what's funny? I, yeah. I, I I don't know if I use it with four octaves mm-hmm. though, but I love using that. I use an envelope filter with a chorus. Yeah. That's the sound. Yeah. Because that's my. That's my sound. If you can put an octave on them, I'm sure that sounds incredible. When I do synth-based stuff on electric, I put the uh, envelope filter after the octave pedal so the octave pedal gets a clean tone mm-hmm. so it can process better. I feel almost like it's a lazy way out, but people people <laughs> just love it. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's so not it's lazy. Like, it sounds amazing because yeah. it's all about this, the, the, the quality of the sound and then the vibe. You know, how does it feel? 
how does it like go with the music yeah cause that's the most important thing if it's not in the way of the music or does it support it you know what yeah. I mean cause that's why we're here <laughs> yeah BBC man I want I want yeah. you to be able to tell all the I mean I hope there's some other musicians but all the fellow bass players listen to this stuff mm -hmm. about your own band yeah the Brandon Brown Collective the BBC yeah. that's my that's my baby <laughs> idea an idea that I've um, that started about three years ago because I wanted to do a uh, <clears throat> solo bass album I started working on it and I was going away from the traditional like slapping and solo and stuff that I can do but I just was like man I want to write I'm, I want singing on here I want to sing these songs you know and in order to do that um, I gotta have a band yeah so the songs the songs were like kind of done and it's like I gotta play this stuff live so that's how the band started Mackenzie the lead singer he came in and just made this track like it come to life and there was a we have a it was like an instant chemistry that happened and now we have this sound it's really cool like we have like some cool songs like we work we work really well together and I believe in those songs I know I'm gonna be able to tour with this music you know it's already happening it's just a matter of time for it could go like cause I've been just paying for it on my own yeah you know getting it out and um now it's about to get to the point where people which is our men's happening. It's gonna to get to the point though where like the the those top guys want to start booking this because that's what all I want is to be booked with the band. And so for people that haven't uh, heard it, <coughs> yeah, obviously it's original. I've heard it. It sounds like its own yeah. thing. But Thanks, what yeah. would you what would you say what would you say to folks? What's the influences? What does it sound like? James Brown. Yeah. yeah. James Brown, the Jacksons, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, Marvin Gaye, yeah. Bobby Womack. All the good things that you never got to see, you can see it with us. Oh, you yeah. Know? That's a good sound. You can see it, but new. Like, yeah. only new. Like, all new. We're not going to be playing their songs, but it's going to be in the same thing. Yeah. You know, in the same vibe. And if we do play their songs, it's going to be our, in our spin, you know, our spin on it. Yeah. You know, so which is very exciting. Um, that's what I would say. It, was, it's, it would be like, you're going to get to, you're going to, get to see Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, did you never got to see them? Yeah, you know the real one, like you know with Maurice and Virginie when they were really yeah hitting. You know now they don't love it anymore. Yeah, they just getting checks, which I don't blame them. We got to get paid, but you know they're not that love isn't there anymore because Maurice is gone. Yeah, and you know it's, they're singing the same songs. And you know it's time when a band starts to redo their songs. Yeah. Then you know they're tired of it. Yeah. But the fans don't want to hear that shit. No. The fans don't want to hear. They don't care about. Once you made a the, record, you made a commitment, right? Yeah. To, like that's the way the that's songs. That's how it goes. Yeah. You know, that's the way it goes. Like, I revert everything to to most of the things I do, or everything to the Jacksons, you know, into into that whole experience because I just learned from 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 them. They played those songs, and people knew Michael Jackson wasn't gonna be there. But people still show up to the concert because they love the songs. Mm -hmm. You know, they love the music. They love their family. They love those guys. But still, those songs are why they're there. Yeah. You know, so I, I learned a big lesson. It's like, if you got songs, you win. Everything else will happen. <clears throat> but you got to have good music. And I know I have that. So...
I'm gonna keep fighting. <laughs> yeah. for it to happen. So you guys did the South by Southwest this past <sighs> few months back. We right? did. Mm-hmm. It was cool. It was a great experience. It was a learning experience. You know, it's funny. Like I was thinking about that in the shower today. Actually, it's like if I could go back, I probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> I probably wouldn't go. Mm-hmm. Cause. I had to, but at the same time, I'm glad I did because I had learned a lot because my McKenzie couldn't be there because he got sick. And uh, so I used another lead singer for it. And uh, it was great, don't get me wrong. But all that footage that I have, great footage, I really can't do, keep using that or you do stuff with it because, you know, it's not showing the lead singer. It's a whole other guy up there. You yeah. know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's just like learning stuff. But then I'm also knowing that I had to go down there because we had new fans from there, like from that experience that need that we needed to get. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> I don't I don't like missing the opportunities too. So it's like, no, I did it right. I should have gone, <laughs> but <laughs> I was just like, damn, if I could go back, would I go? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Is, so. Isn't it interesting being a band leader or to be more business like the contractor? Mm-hmm. Isn't it interesting? how it informs your view of your own sideman gig for other people. Because then all of a sudden you know what they're going through. Like, okay, we're paying for this many airline tickets, and we're getting the vans, and we're getting the hotel rooms, and we got to get, you know, people to eat, and per diems, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes for 25 to 45 minutes worth of music, mm-hmm. right? And so yeah. you know, okay, mm-hmm. of course my boss on my <coughs> hired gun gig requires me to bring the fire for half an hour because yeah. they might have spent X amount of thousands of dollars to make that half hour happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's real. Like, it's... I've I've definitely... I had an understanding of it, but yes, when, you know, when you're on the other side and you're really by yourself doing it and it's your money, then you're like, yeah, okay, wait. <laughs> I know... See, me, like, I, I know if I pay... I know what I'm getting back. Mm-hmm. It's gonna make it just keep going. So I, when the artists that do that understand, like, I like when artists go ahead and take care of the people that work for them or that, that, that are there to help them because that's what the musicians are there for—to make yeah. them look good, sound good. So they're paying for that. Yeah. So you gotta pay if they need to be comfortable. You need to make them comfortable. Yeah, yeah. You want your show to go good, you know? <laughs> it's like it's like you have to. Like I get it. Yeah. I get it. I get it. So it's just like it's a. I look at it now. It's just like, okay, well, do you want the best or do you not? You, you know, <laughs> it is what, that is what it is. I hate that expression, <laughs> but in that case, you man, know yeah. what I mean. Like, yeah. okay, well, you're gonna pay cheaper. Somebody's gonna come in and they're not gonna do what I can do. Yeah, and, it's, and you, you know, it's on, that's on you. Yeah, you know, so it's it's all how you look at it because you because then you have to remember, like, I guess for me now, it's like I'm not. I don't have to do it. I don't have to do that. Even if I did need the money, or or could use the money, my peace of mind is worth more than the money. You know, to okay. me, I'd rather just be okay up here than to be stressed out and make a couple of dollars. Yeah, I don't think it's worth it. I'm not wealthy. I'm not. I don't have. I'm not rich right now. I know. I'm, I am up here though in my mind, in my yeah. body, my spirit. I am so. You know, all the other stuff comes, always works out.
And he never wanted anything to play great music, yeah, you know. But, but to say that and, and to actually just witness it, you know. Mm. So if anyone uh, gets a chance to go out and see you on tour, oh, I, hope, I hope they will, man. Thank you. Real, it means a lot. <laughs> pure and straight to the point, man. Yes, sir. Man, thank you. That, that's what. That's what. Like, because uh, it's so much joy in playing. Like, that's where I get. You know. It's almost like <laughs> sex, really. It's yeah. like that same feeling, like a, yeah, this yeah. is great. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, that's why we make the ugly faces <laughs> when we play. When we play our best, the that's face, right. yeah, the faces ain't gonna be pretty. <laughs> that's right, because you're making that fucking face. That's why I was like, ah, <laughs> it feels so good. <laughs> oh, oh man. <laughs> But yeah, I, sorry, sorry. I hope there's no kids listening. But if you are listening, hey man, the, you need to know about that too. So yeah, you do. Right. And, and, here, and here's the thing: we all as bass players know it, man. Mm-hmm. Bass is not. I mean, that you know, there's a, a few fusion guys that really yeah. appeal to you know. You can really tell how clever it is, and you can really tell the time they put in. But mm-hmm. I grew up on Memphis music too. I grew up on Duck Dunn. You know what oh, I'm saying? Man. Like, and it's just brutal. It's brutal and simple mm-hmm. and to the point. So it's like bass is for below the belt. And anyone yeah. that tells you different, they're That's not right. into yeah. what I'm into. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's below the belt. You know? Mm-hmm. Billy Sheehan, the rock bass Man. player, he said, bass is a full contact sport. And I love that quote because mm-hmm. it's real physical. Even if you play delicate and there's dynamics in your music, yeah. there's a lot of muscle involved. There's a lot of yeah. The step from upright bass to electric bass mm. really isn't that big to me. Mm-hmm. But the step from bass guitar to normal guitar to mm-hmm. me is like. Yeah. I, I grab a guitar and it sounds sharp because I'm pushing toward You know what I'm exactly. saying? Like, exactly. It's full contact. I'm like, all right, this instrument is not full contact. <laughs> I got to right. back off. Back up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, 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 I some of the LA dudes so the synth based thing mm-hmm. uh, when you go out on a tour and you get stems from the MD mm-hmm. how often do you get stems and it's up to you to kind of like go through your own key patches and match mm-hmm. 
Is that more common than them sending you, I used exactly this on the record, or the producer did? Well, you know what's funny about that, um, Victor? <laughs> what's funny about that is, uh, it depends on the producer yeah. nowadays, because like, cause a lot of, like with Splice, yeah. and with how people are making music now, yeah. sometimes the vibe is just going, Yeah. There, there might not be a stem, because the bass, the keys, the fucking synth whatever could all be on one track wow so you there ain't no separation so you're gonna have to either redo the whole thing or you gotta not play (laughs) and let that thing be because if it's if that's what the song is especially nowadays how music is made like you know it, it, it depends on the artist too but if it's pop and if they didn't do their if the sessions aren't clean then you ain't gonna have no stems yeah you know, so that's one side of it. Then another side of it is like, <clears throat> if you to recreate, like with Fergie, I had to recreate some stuff, mm-hmm. which is great. You know, because you you hear it, it's like, okay, it's kind of like this. Okay, you dial it in, but you end up still kind of playing on top of it too, mm-hmm. which I kind of like because I can still play bass. Yeah, and then the vibe is still there because <clears throat> I like I can play bass. Because a lot of I'm doing an Alex Al kind of thing too, mm-hmm. where I'm playing bass and key bass at mm-hmm. the same time, mm-hmm. which is fun. <clears throat> Shout out to Alex Al. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, um, but it's it, it's it's kind of like with the stems. That's that's a great question because some, yeah, it depends on the on the producer. Yeah. And if they're even able to get the stems, are yeah. they signed to whatever label? They might not be sending stems out. You know, you yeah, have to some, figure it some out. producers don't want to show all their tricks either. It's That's another thing. weird thing, right? It's another thing. It's, you know what's funny? <clears throat> Something I've learned, I guess, with knowledge, it's like you just because you know a thing does not mean someone else is going to be able to do what you tell them if they were to see it. Yeah. And if they could do it, they're not going to be able to do it like you. Yeah. Because it's not your shit anyway. Yeah. That's how I think about it. Yeah. It's like, dude, I mean, that, I mean, I, and I guess you know, it's got maybe it's a backlash to it. I'm not sure, but I don't mind sharing my information or <clears throat> knowledge that I may have uh, if someone needed or asked for it. Because I'm like, well, I know what I did to figure this out. Yeah. In fact, just because I tell you this, I mean, you're gonna be able to do it and no. whatever yeah. you know. Because I'm still. I'm not even on that no more. I'm trying to figure this next thing out. Yeah, you know? yeah. So it's like, I think people, I guess I guess when you said people don't want to give away their secrets, uh, producers or whatever, I get it, but come on. <laughs> Nobody. No, who? but with the rate that creativity <laughs> is going, especially in the recording world, yeah. by the time you've given out your secret that made that song so amazing that I was on the radio last year, like you said, things for, people are into the next thing. Yeah, they are. And if they aren't, you're already on the next thing. Yeah, that's what creativity does to you, man. It's Uh like when you're connected to it, you bring a controller and software or you you bring the hardware since different Um, different gigs? Well, I've been, I guess, I don't know what the word is, blessed or fortunate, I don't know, lucky, whatever. But I just get, I keep it simple with a Kronos. Yeah, yeah. I used the Kronos and uh, what well, is it, Chrome? But I used the Kronos and um, and the Voyager, mm-hmm. and I just go to work. I just like dial it in there, and and then I have my text save it. Yeah, the Voyager's on the a beast, thing. man. Yeah, it's crazy. That mug sounds so crazy. Shout out to Joe Cleveland, 
school I think is like one of the most amazing bass players ever, especially on key bass. Like, mm-hmm. is he plays with Miguel? If you ever get to hear Miguel live, there's a left-handed bass player named Joe Cleveland. <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. He's got great key bass stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And bass stuff too, but I mean, but like his key bass game is like unmatched. It's almost like Jay Deal. You know who Jay Deal is? I do not. Jay Deal is a genius. I would call him a genius. He's a mathematician, mm-hmm. but he's a bass player. Yeah. You know, so he's really like when he dials in sense, oh, it's crazy. Because he's giving you the, like the, the numbers. Like, yeah. Like it's it's the science behind it. It's amazing. Yeah, and he's fast. Anyway, yeah, J. D. <laughs> Another great great key bass and bass player as well. But, but on key bass, like he's a guru at that stuff. If you ever get to hear, his name is J. A. E. Deal, like making a deal. But J. A. E. J. Deal, he's great. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard you over over here something that you're leaving tomorrow, right? So are you going on the road tomorrow or just? Uh... Uh, I'm not leaving tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah as you say, I'm leaving at 11. I thought you had a flight. Oh, no, I have a, I'm going to the gym tomorrow at oh, 11. Yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes that's, that's liberating. Too. Yeah, I go, it was every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, um, I go work out. I lost 86 pounds, man. 86, 86 man. pounds since I've been going because I didn't want to be the fat bass player. Yeah, that's amazing. You know, I didn't want to be there. Thank you. Traveling gets a lot easier, right? Oh, so much better. Yeah, so much better, and not only that, just life. Period. Um, just, just. I, I feel like my bass playing is better, like or maybe not better, but just it's. I guess I would always be growing in my bass playing, but now that I got this weight off me, is is I, I move around better with the bass on stage. You know, my back doesn't hurt anymore from holding it, no matter how heavy or light the bass is. Like yeah. I'm not feeling that anymore. Um, just my stamina, speed, you know. Um, I don't know, since I lost the weight, it's, it's, been, it's helping me. Um, Joe, actually, Joe Cleveland, I mean, get myself together. We both used to be kind of big. We're, we're, we're big, and then we lost, you know, we went on this thing where we would go hiking all the time, and that's it, you know, well, change our LA LA is good for many <coughs> things, but hiking's definitely one of them, man. It's, it's amazing. Nice. Yeah. It's so much fun. And I it's, live in Woodland it, Hills. It's close. Oh, to there you go. I mean, oh, great. Yeah. Right oh, man. There yeah. you go. Yeah. I mean, and it's like the best feeling because your body is getting worked. You know, you, yeah. you have no choice. You got to use your eyebrow muscles sometimes to get up. To you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got to use every muscle, you know, so... I think that's good. I think it's good. It's good for, it is good for, for creativity, too, because it clears your mind, I feel like. Yeah. And so you get to, like, start afresh. It's like, okay, and you get all that new oxygen in your lungs. And, Sometimes yeah. with music, man, there's so much music around us. Like, we're, you know, everyone can hear. There's people making music next to us, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. And you get in the car and there's radio. You go to, you go to, you know, Target, there's music playing. Yeah. Sometimes for those of us that create music, you have to really seek out silence mm. for it to start playing in your head. You know what I'm saying? That's very true. That's very true. What's your next work thing you got to do? July the 12th, I have a show with Fergie in New York. Mm-hmm. And then the 13th, I have that clinic, well, yeah, the video shoot with um, Aguilar. And that's national? In New York. New, New York. York, all right. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to Nashville. I'm, then I go to Memphis right after that to see my family, and I'm going to Nashville. Like, I'll be in Nashville the, the second, third week in July. Mm-hmm. 
just gonna be there hanging. Probably stay for a few days, man, because I just I don't know. I got this feeling about it. I just got this feeling about going to Nashville and playing out there. Like I want to be. It's easy to get there from here and back and forth. Oh know? yeah. And I can go to Burbank and fly to Nashville. Like, yeah. Straight shot. So. Yeah. <clears throat> you know this is. I'm excited about that. Like it's, I feel like there's something there for me in Nashville. You wanna play this? Check it out. Please. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The whole. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's like I did. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sweet. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> Did you record that yeah. by chance? Okay. Too good. much bass for the people. Come. <laughs> that was funky right there. I hope you guys had fun today with me and Mr. Brandon Brown. I will be back very shortly with episode number eight with another very high-profile L.A. sideman who has great stories and insights to share with all you guys. And if you like this podcast, please tell your friends, bass players, non-bass players, give me a review on iTunes or anywhere to help spread the word. I don't make these podcasts weekly, so in order for the word to spread, sharing the existing podcast is something that I would appreciate tremendously. All right, sisters and brothers of the low end, Keep it low, keep it funky, and we'll see you right back here on the Lowdown Society podcast. Mm-hmm.